What's going on? Justin Davis here with my man Mills. We are on the A show. I almost forgot the name of the show. We're no, no, not location. I damn near forgot the name of the show. Like, there's so much stuff going on right now. Listen, you just got home. We, we're just doing this on the fly. This is another, another, you know, Thursday classic. Just flying by the seat of our pan. Yeah. Um. So we're we're here. We're here with the A show. Yeah. The the only show you need to be listening to, pretty much. Only wrestling show you really need to be listening to. Period. Period, dude. And this is right. the this is the sixth this is the sixth episode of this show. Can you can you believe that? Look at that. Six weeks. Where How we, did we ever manage? <laughs> where we've come, like where we've come, man. Oh man. But we're here. Um, how was your Thanksgiving last week? It seems like ages ago. Thanksgiving seemed like two weeks ago. Like the way that things happen in this world, like it just gets forgotten about immediately. Yeah, I completely forgot about Thanksgiving. I oh. didn't burn anything. If anyone's like wondering what happened last week. <laughs> oh, yes. I didn't. Yeah. Everything actually came out really, really good. So we, 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 uh, we needed an update on that. Like, ASAP. The, yeah, just, you know, I'm here. Like, nothing's burned down. Everything's pretty solid and cool and everything like that. So, yeah, you know, how was your, how was your Thanksgiving? Very good. Thanksgiving in L.A., you're doing this for how many years now? Um, this is my third Thanksgiving here. Uh, it's pretty pretty good. Pretty good. No, 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 it's not. Is it my, th- yeah, it's my third. Oh, my God, I've almost been here for three years. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I, I you know, house hopped. Uh did did my did my thug thizzle on the plates and right. then and then did did some Black Friday shopping and uh, just relaxed for the rest of the weekend. Really, like it was a pretty pretty uh, pretty chill Thanksgiving. I played a bunch of video games, so I, I bought so many video games over the past week. I have no clue how I'm gonna play or beat any of them. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, like I, it. I have no clue. Like I'm literally like. Coming home, I'm trying to like unwind. I'm like, I gotta run at least an hour of one of these games today. And two games are really long. I, I got Assassin's Creed, the new one. Uh huh. That game's like 50 hours long. I'm, I don't even I know. I'm not a gamer. I, I gave up gaming a long time ago. I'll be honest with you. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's kind of. It's very, very weird. Wow. But I never really got it. I never really got into it, and then I gave it up. I I I, I, I but you but you play Pokemon. This is true. This is this is literally one of the most. I bought the latest one. It's like I play it when I have time. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I gotta finish this. It's like, all right, I gotta, I got 45 minutes on the train. Let me level up something, and then I'll go about my day not playing it again. It's but, really, it's really not good. But it not works. It it works. Um, it works for like people who work in New York or who live and work and commute in New York because you're always on a train. You can't be at home 100%. all the time. 100%. 100%. I'm, I'm on a train. I got an hour commute between work and home. So I'm, I have time to play it. But sometimes I also don't feel like playing it. Sometimes I feel like running through, you know, podcasts, yeah. listening to podcasts, reading up on articles, all this other shit. You know, but it you, is what it is. But you know, like... What's weird with podcasts? Do you do you listen? And this is something I just like found out. Did you listen to podcasts in like two uh, two times speed or, or one four speed? I no because it's 
it, it kind of ruins the magic for me. Yeah. Like, I kind of like how people normally speak. I'm, I'm a person who loves conversation. Like, yeah. I love conversation. I love learning different about different people and perspectives and all that other stuff. And, like, kind of rushing through it, it, it kind of, the voice doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound genuine, which is probably the, probably the thing that irks me subtly. But, I don't know. Everything just moves too fast. It's just, it's not good. I don't listen to a double speed at all. <laughs> I, and I, w- I was doing, I tried to do that this morning. And I was listening to a wrestling podcast. And shout out to, to John Pollock and Wei Ting. Um, spoke to Wei uh, for, for a, a little bit uh, last week. They were, they were actually trying to figure out if Enzo's Supreme robe was real. And, and so I hit them, I hit them up. Um, I hit them up on Twitter, like, "Hey guys, I, I love the show. Like, huge, super huge fan. This is a, this is a podcast that you know I I love and I listen to weekly. Uh, shout out to them and you know everything that they that they've done, even with leaving the Fight Network in the past uh, month. But I was like, "Hey guys, it, it's real. You know, it's, it's it's a real robe. And I, and just shout out to you guys for even mentioning or trying to research Supreme because you know I'm a huge Supreme fan. And he and then Way says like. It's so scary and, and crazy to me that like industry experts actually listen to our show. And I was like, it's crazy as it is for a way to to think that I'm an industry fucking expert. It's crazier for me that, you know, for him to fucking respond to me. He's a legend. But um, yeah, shout out to Wei Ting and, and John Pollock. They're, they're another podcast that is if we're the only podcast you should listen to. This is the only that's the only podcast that you should listen to after you listen to this podcast. I'll say 100%. that. Much. I'll say that much easy but yeah um i listened to their podcast in 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 two times speed today and i was like this is fucking weird they sound like chipmunks how do people do this yeah i don't i don't like it i feel like now we're talking in two times speed but then again i feel like we're all we're just like we got like high adrenaline rush thing going on right now but i feel like i I can't listen to two times speed not even like 1.25 i can't do that either yeah it's very weird Uh, I I think I think that uh, go ahead. I was no, I was gonna say like, yo, should we get into things for the week? We got a, we got a lot to cover. Oh yeah, we have a, we have a very a very stacked week, a uh, very exciting week in wrestling. Um, let's just go right ahead to No Holds Barred. Um, the newest Marine movie is is filming right now, and it has taken so many WWE talents to go film this movie for the next six weeks. Um, and we they were talking God from. Bless. We're talking from, uh, of course, The Miz, who lost the IC title. Becky Lynch, who was written off SmackDown last week. Naomi, who was written off SmackDown this week. Um, is, am I missing anyone? Sh- is Sheamus um, in it? No, I think Sheamus... They, they made something up for Sheamus. I don't know. But this, but, is, this is the sixth uh, Marine movie, which is insane that they've gotten this crazy and, 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 and this many entries. Yeah, you think they would f- film more see no evils than <laughs> than Marines, but apparently Marine is like a nice little cool franchise they got going on. Um, but they sort of rotate WWE stars every now and then. Um, it's good to see the Miz there. Becky Lynch getting some opportunities. Becky Lynch is someone who's like worn many many hats. Has been a stunt woman in the past, so yeah. now it's cool that she kind of gets to have a role. Shawn Michaels is there. Oh, Shawn Michaels think- is in it. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, they're just like they're just testing out. It was like, oh, he's got nothing to do. He's down to full sale. Let's just have him film a movie or something along those lines. But will, will they CGI his uh his his uh, lazy eye? Wow, you really went there. Um, <laughs> I 
would imagine <laughs> I would imagine he'd be wearing sunglasses. Some cool guy. Some cool No, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Um Is he gonna wear the I, he's gonna wear the tight pants? The the tight hunter potentially. pants. Potentially. <laughs> Crazy man. But Crazy. I, I I love to see the WWE still Making and you know still has a film division and they still allow talents to do these movies. Um, I think it's cool to get the, to at least give them a, a cool six week stretch where they don't have to be bumping and shit like that all day. They have still have stuntmen. Can I can I talk about the overkill on like Naomi's injury? <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that on SmackDown because I want to talk about that too. It, it, okay. It damn near felt like a hate crime, but yeah, we we, right. we can go to that the overkill. On SmackDown. Um, the next point in news is the David Otunga Jennifer Hudson. Uh, Drama, I, I so to speak. Have you been following this at all? Really, not very. You know, um, yeah, I guess very, very lightly. But um, last week, I guess it was reported that they were David Otunga and divorce, and she wanted sole custody of the children. Um, he fought against it and said, hey, actually, no, I'm actually more home than often, and I'm the one who's really there. It, it, got, it got kind of nasty, especially when you get children involved. She, and, said, that he, and, she uh, said that he was violent to her and the child also. Right, which at the, at the point in the beginning, I was just like, you know, this is something, Jennifer Hudson um, is someone who pretty much watched a stranger or at least someone that she knew kill a lot of members in her family. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure of her mind state in terms of all those things. And it was just like, hey, this could become a situation again. Um, well, no, she didn't see that. I, I, she didn't She didn't see it. Um, remember when it was supposed to happen, David had asked her to come to Florida where he was training to come see her. She could have been in the house. Ah. Uh, yeah, she actually, she actually credits him for saving her life, which is nuts. Yeah, so I don't know. I was thinking of that sort of aspect as like the mind state of her. So you know, I was, I assumed that, but then you know, I don't think it's necessarily true. But I, I, I don't, I don't know the hard. You never know. On it. Nowadays, you never know. But uh, just break. You know, David's been off of TV for quite a while. Um, and in the article, something what, which is why I put this on the the news this week. Um, I believe it was TMZ said he's an ex WWE superstar. But that hasn't been announced. Oh. That hasn't been announced anywhere. Ooh, um, I don't know if TMZ just didn't get their facts right. Maybe just like ex WWE wrestler, because he's kind of he's he's not a wrestler anymore. But who? That was, that's interesting. Very interesting. And but WWE and TMZ kind of have that link anyway. Exactly. That's exactly why I was I was why I was thinking that was interesting because they'd either announce that. Or and here's the thing: if he gets convicted, he's suspended anyway. So would they cut their losses, or would they just suspend David and just keep him off of the out of the company forever? It depends how valuable he is, because I know he also, but beyond just being you know a talking head on the panel before pay per views, um, I, I believe he's part of at least a legal consultant or something along those lines for WWE. I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't actually like seen his like position there. But it depends just how valuable he is to the company. I mean, he is a Harvard graduate. He is a lawyer. He is, you know, someone 
who works, who knows wrestling and who's worked with WWE and who's very, you know, knowledgeable on certain things. So it depends how valuable he is, but WWE's been cutting a lot of people lately. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, they're just like, hey, we're just going to sever ties for now. Yeah. Maybe we'll call you back in like six months. Maybe we'll call you back in a year, but we're just going to, this entire thing is getting too messy now and we might just sever ties. But who knows? We haven't seen an official announcement. We haven't seen, you know, WWE has released, nor do I think at this time it would be appropriate or even tasteful to kind of just fire in the situation. Right? Yeah, just to fire him um, unless something, unless all the facts are presented. But yeah, it's, it's that's an interesting note. Yeah, because uh, actually Jennifer also pulled the restraining order. Um, she she um, basically redacted it uh, yesterday. So the the this story is getting weirder and weirder. There's also like, there's a lot of allegations that I, that I don't think are really tasteful to say that are out there about her in particular. But uh, let's just I just hope it just clears up for everybody's sake. Um, last point on on no holds borrowed. Drew McIntyre will be out for four to six four to six months. This was confirmed literally two weeks after takeover, which is really odd the timing of that. But uh, it's a bicep tear as we all thought, and he will be out until at least WrestleMania. I I'd imagine. Um, do Unless he has some super Cena powers where he just being able to heal really really quickly. Um, but I don't think that's the type of injury that you, especially the bicep, where you it's it's a, it's a muscle, it's a voluntary muscle. It's something that you use often. If you're lifting, you're throwing, you're pushing, you're everything. Everything sort of in the wrestling world goes through your sort of bicep and, and other muscles. So it's well, it's, it's needed. And the fact that it even took two weeks to get a sort of medical analysis because they had to wait for the swelling goes down makes me think that maybe this injury is a little bit more intense than, you know, just a, a, a one that we've seen before with like Rusev or Scott Dawson or something. Yeah, or, or and, I mean, Revival just now, they're they're coming back next month. They'll, this is the... And, and the poor guys at the Revival, like, two injuries, ill-fated injuries, literally as soon as they get back, both times, and they, you know, they've been on the main roster for a year, and I don't think people have realized that yet. But I think, I think once they, it's just a matter of time. I think they're very valuable as a team, and WWE's just willing to wait for them to come back, but in terms of just Drew McIntyre, um, what do you think should be the next move with Drew? Like, just, I, I do feel we enter him back into NXT scene? No, um, I feel as though, especially just looking at what NXT looks like right now from these amazing looking tapings that they just shot and they just ended about five minutes ago. Um, I I always felt as though the plan was to have him go and finish the cold feud and then have him leave and go and, and get called up on the, the, the Raw after Mania or SmackDown after Mania. And I think that should be the plan. I think you just let him go and then maybe have, let him have a farewell match on NXT like they usually do for call-ups. But Drew doesn't need to be that any longer. Like I he they're fine without yeah, him. They usually do. Yeah, they they're fine without Drew. 100%. I don't think you call him back. Uh, and it's and sad that it happened. Yeah, super sad. It sucks, but in in a way, that's a silver lining. This is the perfect way to debut him. No one will have seen him since and he can just show up and he'll be a complete surprise. But um, 100%. but before, B reunion. Who knows? And speaking of NXT, I I cannot stress this enough. Start watch this show from next week all the way on to the new year. These these next four weeks sound fucking incredible for the show, yeah, sure. for for the for the brand for the show as a whole. There are some 
excellent matches that they're putting on, and I'm hearing one of the matches are is probably one of the best matches at Full Sail ever. So watch these, watch these, watch NXT for the next four weeks. It's going to be crazy. Everything's sort of critical. From what I've read, everything's critical. Usually the tapings after pay-per-views, um, it's kind of a lull until things really start pushing forward until the following pay-per-view. But everything here seems critical. Yeah. Um, they're they're moving into the new year pretty pretty strong. They're moving the 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 break between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble isn't that long, so a lot of things are just the pace is just moving very very quickly and. It's, it's something you're not going to want to miss. I think we're going to end up covering NXT in these in the next four weeks a lot more than be you know usually yeah more than we we do usually. Yeah, I I it swerved me. Let's just say that, and I'm I can usually call this shit, and it swerved me right up to the last fucking match too, which I'm kind of upset about, but I, I like the idea. Um, but to our next point, and we brought this up last week. And as an aside, and we, just, I just really want to talk about this shit, Mills. Can we talk about this shit? Let's talk about it because I, I, I last week we ended off. Um, I recommended a pay per view, No Way Out, two thousand one. Yeah. And then in passing, I, uh, I, I mentioned, hey, there was that three stages of hell match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H, and it's a rare occasion where Stone Cold Steve Austin takes a loss. Um, and we, we, we wanted to spin that into a discussion in terms of just like Stone Cold Steve Austin and his and I guess his win loss record and everything and how he's been built and how he's not and 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 everything sort of in between. I don't think we're gonna go super comprehensive, no. but it's worth noting at least. Let's keep just it to a make buck. You think. Let's keep it a buck. You want to talk about Roman Reigns? Charles Barkley, let's start a dialogue. <laughs> yeah, you want uh, you want to talk Roman Reigns, you want to talk John Cena, you want to talk Hulk Hogan, you want to talk Randy Orton even at points in his career. My mm-hmm. my dude, they lost more clean. I think I think Roman Reigns lost more clean in the last year and a half than maybe John Cena and Stone Cold combined. You want to know how many times Stone Cold Steve Austin lost clean as a face? Five times, five times, Mule. Five. Let's let's name them. Let's go down. Let's go down. The okay, list. I'll, I'll go down the list here. Um, the first one was at Canadian Stampede, which was like a, I, I believe it was a Canadian only at the time pay per view. Um, right. He lost to Owen Hart clean in a tag match. He, he had to lose. He had to lose. He had to lose that. Yeah, it was, it was it was too many people in that match. That they was he pinned? Lose. He was pinned in that. He match? was pinned by Owen. He was pinned by Owen clean as a sheet in that match. Wow. Okay, they had so many other guys they could have pinned. <laughs> and, and and just I mean, well, I mean, obviously Brett wasn't going to get pinned that match, but like the next time he lost as a face was on a year later, a whole year. Breakdown '98, mm. Undertaker versus Kane versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Undertaker and Kane couldn't pin each other; they had to pin Austin to win the WWF title. And but Austin could pin both of either of them to retain it. Undertaker, I, I get, I'm pretty sure everyone knows the finish to this. Um, Undertaker right. and Kane, uh, they they both performed. A, a, I think it was a choke slam on him. 
and they, yeah. and they, and they, and and they both they got on top. That weird double pin where they're like back to back and folding arms and just smirking. Nah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but they did that back to back pin where I'm just like, okay, all right. Obviously, you guys thought this through um, in terms of how you're going to do this. Horseshit. Sure. Horseshit. They made him look like he was fucking Superman <laughs> in that match. They made Austin. They took- <laughs> he was beating up The Undertaker and Kane in one match. He was dude. red hot, man. Like, he. They, Ain't nobody that ain't nobody that damn red hot. Not even Hogan was that damn red hot. <laughs> this is true. Listen, his ne- right. his next You're loss, right. his next loss, and to me, this is the most egregious loss and sequence of matches for a top guy ever. There was there's no other than Hogan. There's no sequence of matches that are so much more obvious as to what was going on than this. Okay, let's set the stage here. SummerSlam 99, uh, and yes, a, a year and a half since uh, until Austin loses again, by the way. SummerSlam 99, you have Austin, you know, you know, fuck that, you have Triple H, white hot heel, the biggest heel in the fucking company. Biggest. He broke Jim Ross's hand just days before that. I remember that. He yes. broke Jim Ross's hand with a sledgehammer. It was crazy. Biggest was, heel. The, I, I think Triple H in 99 was probably one of the best heels to me, just as a, as a young person. Even, like, even when I look back on it as an adult, he was fucking devious. You don't get any better than that, that run that he had. Right. I, I think his 99 right. into 2000 run, some of the best he's ever done. I think that, that run solidified him as what he is today. I'll say that that much. Right. Let's do that. So, of course, you think, you know, Austin's the, the biggest babyface in the world, biggest star in the world. WCW's on the way out. You're winning. He's the WWE champion. Yeah. And um, you think to make this feud hot, lose, right? Lose to him to, to chase the title. So you can chase the title going into, into the fall and into Mania season. You'll, 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 you'll run into, you know, whatever. And, you know, of course, Austin got hurt before that. But, you know, you're running to a really good feud. That's not what even happened. Even more of the reason, even the more reason to drop, you're hurt. <laughs> exactly. He was hurt the whole time. Um, no. SummerSlam 99 turns into, I believe, a three-way match. Yes. Uh, Mankind, Steve Austin, and Triple H. Steve Austin loses to Mankind clean. A face. Another face. Just inserted in the match, which is crazy. Who was inserted oh. last minute into the match. So, and, and before we even get to that, before we even get to that, the next night in, in Lima. <laughs> Lima. This is, this is something we bring up a lot. In Lima, Lima where? Uh, Iowa, I believe. Jesus Christ. Um, That's this, middle America. That's smack dab. That's right there in the trenches. Hold on, Lima. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. It's Lima, Ohio. Shout out to Ben Coyle. Shout out to Ben Coyle. Lima, Ohio. He probably been in Lima. He probably probably met some some dames out there. Sure. Lima, Ohio. Shout out to Ben Coyle. Mankind drops the title to Triple H. What kind of bullshit? Listen, you can complain about LOL Cena wins, LOL Roman wins all the time. When it was time to take that that pinfall to the hot heel, they did it. They did it, and they've done it every time. One thing I've noticed about Stone Cold, uh, more so than, and it, and it and it and it's with a lot of sort of characters on top, and I think it, it, it's also something that was with Brett too, Bret Hart, um, very very protective of his character. 
very, very, he, he, he knows when he feels like he should lose and when he shouldn't lose, but it, he, he really didn't lose often or he didn't lose clean. Nigga, the he, original pl- he never lost ever. The, the, <laughs> the original plan for that match, I know, it wasn't initially supposed to even be Triple H versus Stone Cold. It was supposed to be Stone Cold versus China. Yeah. They had already set her up as the as the number one contender, and then they took it away from her. And then it was supposed to be Austin versus Triple H, and then it turns to Austin versus Mankind. He's someone who's very critical, and it hasn't quite been explained yet of the reason why. I know everyone hints like, "Oh, there's heat between Triple H and Stone Cold, and all this other things," but it hasn't really been made clear why. And I don't think either men at this point in their lives near really want to go into it because I think um, just back in that era, it was kind of a little bit more cutthroat a little bit more competition it was a little bit more everything and and people were you know people didn't necessarily have the best relationships even though they you know haven't explicitly said it but it's fucked up man let's let's just call a spade a spade it's fucked up like you you're you put over a guy to make him look strong you have to make triple h look strong he just beat god basically in the wwf right he just beat him and, and and let him win clean that's just how you do it it's a set up a story. What? That, that, no, Mills. There was no story after that. <laughs> there was no story after that. He, there was no absolutely no story. He got hurt. It, it uh, wasn't wasn't the car the the car shit was right after that, wasn't it? That his neck injury was way more it was worse than they originally thought, and they just decided to go for the surgery. So they wrote him off about a couple months later. Um, but he was he was still. He was still around. He was doing guest referee spots. He's the reason why Vince McMahon became WWE champion. He was around, but he wasn't actually wrestling. So um, I think they hoped they, he would be back, but he ended up not become, going, coming back. So Austin would um, get injured. And I'll give him this. He, he wouldn't return until um, way, way, way later in 2000. Uh, Judgment Day, I think, was when he was when he appeared, I believe, right? No, no, no. He, he appeared at... I believe it was Unforgiven. 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 2000. 2000. Yeah. Um, Judgment Day was Undertaker. Oh, oh. Um, I always get those. Th- those those two pops are some of the biggest pops of huge, all time. Man. Of all time. The Backlash 2000, he, he returns briefly. Just um, cost Triple H the WWE Championship against The Rock. He, yep. Huge pop. But um, he returned at Unforgiven 2000. And was looking for the assailant who drove him over with a car, and it ended up leading to a Stone versus Rikishi thing. And then it was like, oh, Triple H was actually the assailant, uh, um, which eventually led to, I guess, the next match we're probably going to talk about. Yes, because he would not lose for another year and a half, almost two, until No Way Out, 2001, Triple H, three stages of hell match. How, how, what were your feelings about this match? I, I I don't know. A lot of people think it's a five star classic. I know a lot of people think it's probably the most boring match they've ever seen. I'm I I err on the side of the latter. I don't I don't I'm not a huge fan of this match or the finish. I don't see it for this match. I think it was an overkill in terms of everything, and it was predictable. I don't think this. I think the story played the back role. Like, the story should have been they're both trying to kill each other. Yeah. The story was more, all right, you've got to win this fall. First of all, one was, a, the, I believe the first stage was like a regular match. Regular-ass which match. Which was insane. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second fall ended up being a street fight, which was like regular ass match with weapons. And, <laughs> and, and then third fall was a cage match, which we all knew we was going to get to. I think the, the stipulation itself superseded the actual story. The story should have been these two men have been trying to kill each other for the past two years, and it's building up to this. And the fact that it happened the month before WrestleMania 2 is just even blows my mind a little bit more, you know, crazy. But it's weird because. This is what they had to do. Yeah, it's weird because Triple H would win the feud, so to speak. Uh, he'd win by literally falling on top of Austin <laughs> and winning the match. <laughs> right. Can't just pin him. Just literally. Gotta fall. No, he just literally exhausted. He falls on top of him. Boom, match. 40-minute match. 40 minutes. A 40-minute match. It's a long match. It's a long match. And, and Triple H isn't someone... You know, I think his best matches are still with McFoley and, yeah. and, and and a few of them with The Rock. But it's, it's something where his matches are very methodical and they're like breaking down and there's not a lot of near falls. And I think that's what that match missed. It kind of missed a pulse in it because it was just kind of brutality, but without any of the the ups and downs that take you, that tug your heartstrings. To me, it's not a five-star match. To me, it's just like very long um, end to a few, but to me, it well, I, I think to. I think going into it, I think we expected Stone Cold to win because he won the Rumble and he was going on to face The Rock anyway, which was still weird to me why they even chose to do this because you're keeping you're keeping Triple H strong for was it Undertaker that year? It was Undertaker, right? Yeah, yeah, you're keeping yeah. him strong for Undertaker, but it's like someone had to lose there, and I feel like it, like they flipped the coin, and Austin was like, okay, I'll finally put a, put the guy over. Weird. I'm pretty sure uh, the, uh, the story of this feud, or at least between Stone Cold and Triple H, I think it needs to be told a little bit more. I don't know if I need to deep dig a little bit more in terms of seeing the motivations and and because it's something like the Stone Cold, ver- the Triple H versus the Rock feud, where there is an underlining like we actually don't like each other that well. Yeah. Um, and it, it may be something to along that effect. I, I don't know. But it feels it feels very suspicious in terms of just how this thing went down, how it was rushed to go down, the, the way it was ended in terms of the match and how, you know, Triple H pinned stuff and, and all these other things. So I think it's worth checking out or at least doing a deep dive into. And then, I mean, after, the, after WrestleMania 17, we all know what happened there. Um... And then you have Triple H and Stone Cold teaming up together, which, again, literally the worst idea they've ever had as a company. And I think everyone agrees with that. I I hated I hated two man power trip. Hated it. I I thought it was looking back now. I thought it was a bit much, but I also do. I like the brutality that came with it, and I thought it could have paid off into something big. But I think the payoff was still Stone Cold versus Triple H. Like I think they were still set on that before Triple H took the squad, because it, it looked like Triple H was going to be the one going to the Alliance or something along those rather, and then it was going to be this big feud in the summer. And then he got injured. Versus, and then he got injured. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, in the in the the last match in our uh, three sixteen means I just squashed your ass. Uh, trifecta. <laughs> they need to have a WWE collection uh, called the Time Stone Cold Lost. <laughs> they have all these matches. They're on the network. They have all the matches. They should. The network oh should allow God. you to make your own playlist like Apple Music does. That'd be dope. Uh, that would 
amazing. That would be amazing. Um, the last match was, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin's final match um, as an active wrestler against The Rock. Hey, the guy that he had beaten two times at WrestleMania before this. Uh, I think we all know this story as well. Stone Cold wasn't feeling very well the night of the match. Uh, he almost didn't make it to this. And I always heard people say, you know, he didn't want a job. He didn't want to give the, the match to The Rock. Um, what, what, what say you, Mills? Do you believe that? Um, do I believe he probably didn't want to give the match to the Rock? I don't, I don't know. I feel like they, at that point they had a lot of respect for each other. I don't know. I remember looking at the the Behind the Mania special, oh. and I, I I remember looking at the Behind the Mania special and seeing Austin literally purple during the like before walking out right. this match and then walking back. He looked like he was about to die. Yeah, it, it looked it looked insane. Um, to me. This match is probably it's an underrated match. I think I don't know. There's it's it's not the best thing on WrestleMania 19. No, they were a step slow. The, the two men were a step slow. I think this this probably toward the twilight of their their careers respectively. But like you know, of course, The Rock will come back in tremendous shape. But they, they were a step slow. I think I think out of the three matches that they had at WrestleMania, it's probably my third favorite. Maybe really. I didn't like 15 all that much. Actually, no, it's my second favorite. I, I remember 15 was where they were in the crowd for like 10 minutes. Yeah, 15 wasn't all that good. I think this is like this had a this had a little bit more ups and downs and told the story a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a yeah it's the last time he he lost clean in his last match ever. Um, I don't know if he'd be willing to do that again because there was rumors of him coming back to face CM Punk, and I think he was considering it in a sense, but then he decided, hey, I'm not really up to speed to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Um, there's always been rumors of Austin Hogan or Austin um, Cena. Cena, yeah. Uh, but I, and, and I feel like if Austin Hogan, he always says he wouldn't do it, and I think that's just because... People have assumed that, you know, just because it worked three years, but then I also think he sees, like, what happened with Sean at SummerSlam 2005 and this whole, you know, is it doing, are we doing what's best for Hogan or are we doing what's best for business? Oh, well, he, so, I think he always saw like, what, I think he always saw what Hogan did in WCW also, and he was like, nah, I'm not with it. Yeah, so I don't, I think that's really the reason why we never got that type of match. Um, but, also, you can't put those two together. Think, Who's going to job? <laughs> Neither of them are going to job. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. 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 Like, I know Hogan gonna, said, I think... He's going to expect a match. I think Hogan said one time, I, I, I want to say he'd said this, that he, he would do that. He would, you know, job to him. But I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe any, any, either of them would agree to jobbing t- to each other. No. I, and I just, it's something that would never happen. And I know CM, the CM Punk match was very heavily hinted at during i think it was wwe 13 the video game yeah. when, when cm punk was yeah, on the cover I so. and i and that was a cool little pipe dream for a second and you know they had a cute little little promo that, which i think was was amazing because stone cold just kind of turned it on uh, and, and, that, and i think that video is still on youtube but um that would have been fun and i think punk would have loved to lose to austin but i, I think in any of these matches that you that you bring up like austin was gonna win these matches like there's no way he's gonna He's gonna. He's not jobbing anybody. This is a guy who still shows up just to give one person a stunner every other year, like yeah. like your drunk grandpa. But I mean, those are his five matches. If you guys disagree with with, and, and essentially what I'm trying to say is that Stone Cold is more protected than Cena. 
He's more protected than Reigns. He's more protected than any top guy you've probably ever laid your eyes on in the, in the past 20 years. Period. There's no argument. He's lost five times. He's someone who's very, um, he's very sensitive. Not sensitive, but I think he's very, like, he holds his character very tight. He's not someone who's just like, oh, okay, I'll lose this match. He's like, he really wants to say why we're losing this match. Why Why am I doing this thing? He's really protective of the Stone Cold Steve Austin character, especially considering the massive success he had. And I don't think he wanted ever had an opportunity to fuck up the money. And I think the one chance he did was when he turned heel. But, you know, he's very protective of his character. Um, but in a sense, also, it's like, for someone who was on top and probably could have, you know, I don't think he needed to assist in making new stars and the attitude error simply because um, there were so many stars. But you look at someone like his match against, or his match was supposed to be against Brock Lesnar, and that's another case where it's like, why are we doing this? And it's like, well, you know, this is just business. This He's the next big thing. Yeah. And he's like, why are we doing this on Raw without a build? And he walks out. He essentially walks out after that match because he's not sure. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just how Stone Cold is, man. I, weird. We don't got to like it. That's how it is. I still love Stone Cold. I'm still a fan, but you got you to gotta keep it 100. I mean, John Cena didn't have to put over Edge. I think that was the same situation that, that Austin had with Triple H, where Edge was the hottest heel in the company. You, he didn't have to do that. Countless times. No, he didn't. I think a lot of people didn't want that to happen at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I think a lot of people, and Edge is one of my favorite wrestlers, period. But I think a lot of people, he, Edge stayed a lot of time on how a lot of people weren't behind um, him doing things. And I, I guess it's a John Cena's sort of, you know, hey, we should actually go with this. We should actually have him be champion and all this other stuff. I'm not saying John Cena's the reason why. He became champion but I he, you know he, he understood the sort of story and all this thing going for it and that they yeah. had something I mean if you want to keep it if you want to keep it 100 Roman didn't have to lose the Finn Roman didn't have to lose the Braun Roman didn't have to lose the Seth you know like there are a lot of that's just in the past year almost year and a half mm-hmm. it's crazy but uh, yeah that, that's our argument argue with us on Twitter uh, about this or, or, or tell us how you feel about this was austin the most protected superstar in the world and if so why do you agree with that why do you why you know whatever tell us about it uh let, let's get to raw and smackdown shall we just do it uh raw did i didn't i didn't really enjoy raw this week i think raw has been basically twiddling his thumbs i think i texted you on monday like i'm tapping out i think i caught i caught the rest yeah. on youtube i tapped out at like 10 15 i couldn't do it yeah, me too. I kind of, I kind of wasn't paying attention fully, um, and decided I would probably watch whatever is remaining on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, you you didn't miss much if you missed this show, but we are here to but talk. I did, I, but I did catch up on the matches. I did catch up on the matches because I know there were two great matches on Raw, yep. despite you know nothing of the sort really going on. And I'm gonna get to those actually right now. The first one was an excellent Seth Rollins Cesaro match that went about 13, 14 minutes and went through two commercial breaks, which was really surprising. Um, this was after a Roman a Roman Reigns promo about the IC title. Uh, Seth comes out. We learned that Dean is actually on his Dean Ambrose is on his honeymoon this week. So congratulations to him for finally getting a time to actually take a break. Him and him and Renee Young is his wife. Um, Shout out to him for finessing the Thanksgiving weekend and saying, I'm also going to take off the next week. Good. I mean, some God, 
some godly work there in terms of annual days, you know. Yeah, they got to work on Christmas Day. I mean, you got you might as well. Yeah, you you might as well. Um, but but the Seth Rollins is our match. Great match. Um, both men. Sheamus was on a yearly sabbatical. I was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> oh yeah, but you know what? Sheamus does always like disappear every year, though. He does do that. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess if, if we're paying attention. Yeah, but Seth Rollins versus Cesaro, um, great encounter to open Raw. Really. Yeah, I I think both men are really um they they really know each other. And and I think uh, this mm-hmm. this really gives a chance for Cesaro to shine. Um, and, and I think he's been one of the most underrated parts of Raw for the for the past year, even in the tag team stuff. Uh, even like the I think it was like the night after Romania when he went to go run after the ball and threw the ball and shit like that. Like that was right. really great Summer stuff. Summer Slam, yeah, yeah. It was Summer Slam, yeah. It was Summer Slam. Um, um, I think Seth Rollins looks looked pretty good in this match too. For someone who's you know taken a step back and accepted a little bit of a lower profile compared to being in the universal title hunt or you know the wwe title hunt um to me he looked really good in this match he looked as good as he had since returning from his injury yeah Um, and he's shown he's shown shine he's shown signs of that in the pen you know in the past uh year i mean he got saddled with a really bad bray wyatt feud of course he he had he had a couple things not roll his way after that triple h match and I mean, I just got to be a hundred. Like, I just don't feel like a Triple H match really... It's almost like a brave for you. Like, I don't think it really helps anybody after you come out of it because you're kind of left on your own. But um, I I thought this match was great. Of course, Seth Rollins picks up the win, which is leading to a huge Raw in LA next week, which I'll actually be in attendance for, where um, Dean Ambrose and the returning Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins will will face off against the bar at Raw in LA. I think... The fact we get the, I get there's no pay per views, but I, we see these matches so often. But they're always so good. Yeah. Um, and especially, I mean, the last match they had, I believe, it was what thirty? Wasn't that thirty minute Iron Man? Was it a stipulation? The last match, they, the last match they had was on Raw three weeks ago. Okay, it, it, I don't, I don't remember if there's a stipulation. If not, they no, there wasn't. There wasn't. The, the new day came out. It was when they were in the UK. Oh, right, right, right. I yeah. think they, I don't know. I think they should add a stipulation. Uh, it's been a while since we had a ladder match on Raw. I feel like that would be a good one. That'd be um, great. That'd be I awesome, feel, actually. I feel like uh, just something just something to spice it up, make it worthy of the main. It's going to be good anyway. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're, they're amazing competitors anyway. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting what they, see, what they do with the tag team titles, especially with um, the division sort of. In limbo. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, of Roman, who who was on the show uh, a couple of times t- uh, this week, had a pretty good match against Elias. I won't say that it was like the announcers were hyping it as like hyping Elias as like the next big thing. I won't say that it's that much. You know, it was it was that great, but I think it was a solid three star match that he had. To me, <clears throat> I think. To me, I enjoyed this better than the Seth Rollins Cesaro matches. To be quite honest. Was that? Um, Whoa! Was yeah, that? <laughs> I just feel like it. It had a. It had a good energy to it I think it off the bat it started off really really strong I think Elias is someone who's sort of he's he's becoming more accustomed and mastering the WWE style of matches which is like slow it down bring it up slow it down bring it up Um, Roman Reigns is just a great competitor overall he's a great Um, ring general he's a great he's probably one of the best ring generals in the in the the whole you know in the whole company and 
whereas you know where Seth Rollins and Cesaro, I guess, was thrilling off of just the bare athleticism. This was thrilling. They had outside interference, which made you think, like, hey, well, you never really thought Roman was going to lose. No, no. <laughs> it made you think, like, hey, could something actually happen? There was a lot of things going on in this match. I think they paced it really, really well. I think um, Elias has been on this good has had good momentum over the last couple months since he debuted and he's had these consistently good matches i really really enjoyed the match i didn't think those two would mesh as well as they did but he really made it look like elias had something a mean streak or something to offer now i think if they channel that into something elias um elias's character and give him a program that he can really sink his teeth into besides just everyone hates that he does music i think we might get something a little bit more but to me it was it was probably the match i enjoyed the most overall just from looking at elias and be like man you know he's doing really really well now i didn't believe in him in nxt i thought he was very very lame in nxt and just to see <laughs> well, how well in he's nxt doing he now. didn't have the singing gimmick either so there was really nothing for you to grasp onto no with him. he had the singing gimmick in nxt he didn't have it like he has it now like he, no, I mean, on WWE, it's much more amplified in the big stage. He definitely had that singing gimmick. He would walk out to the stage and start singing. I think um, it just didn't translate well to, to full sale. Yeah, it didn't. And I think it translates well when he's at live crowds and he's in different arenas and he's able to play with the things that he says and all these other things. I think he's just a naturally smart alecky, witty guy. Um, so it kind of works out. You just gushed over Elias Sampson for three minutes. Let's let's move on. It's a good match. Let's do that. Roman Reigns wins. Uh, but actually, before we get off of Elias, how do you feel about um, about Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel being a part of uh, his entourage until The Miz comes back in about six, six to eight weeks? I like it. I think um, Raw is doing something where... I feel like they need to actively use all of their stars, and if this is the way they do it, this is how they do it. Instead of you know having him having them sit out for six weeks until he comes back, or having them not, or having them not show up, or just having them not show up on the show at all, like SmackDown is having a problem with uh, as of right now. (laughs) Right, but they're they're using all their stars, and I think um, it works well for Elias. It'll be an interesting thing when the Miz comes back and see how things go there but it definitely works well the harmonica solos were a nice little touch um that segment went way too long that segment was five minutes too long i think everything in the show went too long i think they didn't fully plan this show out (laughs) um but about (laughs) it it went too long and then the show ended like right on time which never happens on raw but about about roman and the ic title um what are your thoughts on it so far? And 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 I know we got a, we got a big pivot this week because I know we we originally originally been thinking it was going to be Finn and Joe. Now it's looking like Finn is still kind of circling or orbiting the Kane program with bat with with, uh-huh. with with Braun, and and they're going to keep him there, which is kind of a weird way to. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but but it looks like it's going to be Roman and Joe, which is a program I think could. Does, it shouldn't last a week. I don't feel like that should be a program to me until until the Rumble, at least. What do you think, you know, how do you think of his run so far? Do you think this is going to be better than his U.S. title run, which is, was an absolute failure to me? I think if they keep doing these open challenges, it will. Um, but I feel like, I, th- I always felt like, you know, I feel like that's what we're doing with the middle title now. It's just like, oh, great, open challenge for everybody. And it, it, it kind of... 
it's a, it's a little bit unoriginal, but I see why they're doing it because I don't know if they're going to commit to a program with all these superstars and they have a lot of people they want to um, showcase on the show and all this other thing. So it's a good opportunity not just to, you know, not to have these programs, but to showcase the talent on Raw. Yeah. And you saw that with Elias. And you saw, with, you know, he had a match with Jason Jordan a couple of weeks ago. That, that was really, really good. Um, and they have to build Raw. And my, and my reasoning for not wanting the Joe thing to end so quickly is because they have to build this Raw. And the only big date they have until Royal Rumble is Christmas Day. They have to pack yeah. that show out. You, you've, you're already seeing that... Um, what is it? In in two weeks, Enzo will have to defend the cruiserweight title. I think he's going to do that on Raw. You know, they have to they have to do these title matches and build up to this Christmas Day show. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of big matches on the on December twenty fifth. Um, but I think he's doing. I, I like I like the way they're building it. Everything too. I like the consistency with the weeks. Every week, there's something announced for next week. I think it's a good touch. It makes me want to watch, or at least makes me remember. Oh shit you have that match to look forward to it's a really really nice touch uh, but actually you know what cesaro and uh rollins wasn't my favorite match my favorite match was oscar and dana brooke which ended in five seconds this week loved it oscar's really well, i mean she, she's really 180 since october I, i'll say that much I love when you can telegraph that a match is going to end yes. in 10 seconds. I loved it. Basically, from it, he was like, I have planned for her. I, could, I know her holes in her game plan. I'm like, all right, Dana. And then you just knew. Is like, once I get my hands on her, and then you just knew. You just knew. And it, it was a nice touch. Um, and, and I loved I and, and Dana's insert promo. And shout out to Dana for being on the show on Monday. I don't know if you heard, but her mother was in surgery that day. So she, oh, practi- really? yeah, she practically flew out just to lose in five seconds while her mother was in surgery shout out to dana prayers with her but i i loved in her in her her um her insert promo she said oscar's a slow starter and i said oh this is not gonna last more than two seconds and it literally <laughs> did literally happened um and but that's like that's leading to our next segment which was uh i you know what for everything that raw might be doing wrong with a lot of other superstars and even though the stories aren't as strong the most intriguing thing on both shows to me for the past two weeks has been the the women um, the influx of the NXC girls. Yeah, and Paige. Um, I they got a name this week. Well, both both teams got a name. Paige's group uh, was it was announced as the Absolution, and we got a little bit of, of background on why Paige is back. Um, and it's essentially what what I thought it would be. I think you probably thought it would be that too. You know, when she was gone, nobody talked about her, and everyone took over. And she wants to take she wants to claim her spot back. And I love the fact that um, Sonya Deville. And um, Mandy Rose are—they're basically like her lackeys. They—they—they they worship her. I like that—that that aspect. My only issue with the absolution, and they, and they had two segments on this show. Um, Sasha, poor Sasha Banks getting her ass whipped uh, two weeks in a row, and Bailey and Mickey. There was a six—a six-woman tag match that did not happen. Uh, they come out, they beat up on Sasha, and then later on, which is interesting, and this is building to what I, I hope happens at WrestleMania. The absolution comes out to um, to surround Asuka, but they let her leave, and I think you should keep teasing that i think that's a that's a great tease to keep coming back to but um my big problem with them right now is not the story it's the fact that like these women need something like a t-shirt or something that lets us know that they're together i feel like they need i don't think they need matching gear i think they need their own personalities but they need something that lets us know that these these women are are with each other if that makes any sense i agree i agree it's a it's a nice touch i think it's a it's something 
we just see three women on stage and they don't necessarily look alike they're they don't also like they different the same space outside of outside of you know walking out together they don't look like they're a team but they are a team um it was a nice little touch i like the sort of backstory you're adding to this sort of backstory of why which is something if you do get in wwe you don't get an answer that makes sense but you it it's a nice little explanation i think um the girls they still look pretty you know they still need some work in the ring um i think mandy i, I was looking at mandy rose's finisher that's a complex finisher for someone who's really really new well she she's me. good she hits it she hits it very well you have to remember it she's not even though she wasn't on and i keep saying this like even though she wasn't on nxt tv she toured those loops all the time and I agree, but I just feel like there's something about that finisher that doesn't look fluid, doesn't look smooth at all. It looks like he's she's basing a lot. She doesn't. She, you kind of have to do it and just trust the superstar that they know how to take it. But I can feel that she's she's really asking, or she's like, "Are you ready?" And then she, you know, lifts them up and do everything like that i think there's a sort of trepidation that comes just because you know she is green in the ring i think uh, i I think if anything i think of anything from what i've seen of her live and and i actually saw her and asuka at an nxt event here um a year ago if there's anything she knows how to do it's get heat and do that finisher that's literally the best thing she can do i think it's true i think um she can she can very well occupy the same space that Eva Marie did before she left. She's better. Um, I think she's better than Eva Marie. One of, oh, yeah. I think so. I think she has way more potential than Eva Marie, of course. Um, but, you know, couldn't replicate that heat. Yeah, I, okay, but, yeah that's the, that's the know, big question. It was, it was a nice little encounter. I, I gotta. I also gotta. I have to. I have to applaud Sonya Deville for. And they had to get through a a, a long promo segment on Sasha Banks. I want to say it was about five minutes of them just just talking, uh, where Sonya Deville had to work through what what chance, and it she didn't seem to be worked up at all. She didn't seem to be uh, flustered. But I would say cut the promo time down a little bit on these on these chicks. Well, I mean. Not cut it down, but but kind of give them their own distinct styles because Mandy and and yeah. Sonya didn't have a distinct style like Sarah Lo- like Sarah Logan and Liv have distinct characters on SmackDown, and we'll get to that in a second. But those two didn't, and I felt like that's what killed them on on Monday with, with that promo that they had to give. One hundred percent, they just seem like two other people who are just talking. Yeah, but um, I, I like that. I like. You know, you need distinct personalities, but at the same time, you need something that just brings them together as well. Some unifying factor. It, it could be a T-shirt. It could be something along those lines. Um, but yeah, we just need something that sort of brings them together. And uh, the, the last point on Raw is uh, I, I just got to complain about this every week. Kane is dragging the show down. Yeah. Um, Kane is dragging the show down. I don't, there's no, there's no if ands or buts about it. Um, Jason Jordan goes through a story, which I believe they're they're setting up for a turn here of of him always going back to this knee injury. I'm not really sure yet. But Jason Jordan had a, he had a match with Kane. He gets counted out because of his his knee injury, which I they're milking this for all it's worth. So I'm guessing next week we might see a turn in L.A. Um, and then Finn Balor comes out, which is why what I brought up earlier. Finn is, for some reason, still orbiting this feud because he still wants revenge against Kane for what happened uh, to him two weeks ago. Finn comes out. He's, he, he does some moves on Kane. It gets hit with a chair. Listen, why the fuck? Why? Why do this? Why the fuck would you have Finn to c- come out and do this? It makes no sense. I think, I think they have nothing planned for him. 
I think uh, if he's not beating Kane, if he's not beating Kane, then will this become a situation? And and I've always thought this would be a, a, a logical feud to come out of this. Um, is Braun gonna beat Kane, and then Finn gonna is Finn gonna fight Braun? I think they have no current plans for Finn. As much as we say, um, we, there's the rumors of like Finn's gonna be like the next Dolph Ziggler or something. I don't believe that to be true, but I do believe there's no current plans with Finn. It doesn't look like to be in sort of any direction. They don't look like they're moving him forward. They don't look like they're moving him backwards. Maybe something will occur during no around Mania time. Yeah, well, 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 something will something will occur. Something for sure will occur on December 18th because that's when Brock Lesnar comes back. So we'll know by then. We'll know. We'll, we'll, sure. We'll, but, we'll wait, he he needs that. an opponent. He needs an opponent. There's only one. I don't know if it'll be Finn, though. It could be Finn. I'm, I'm, not, saying, I'm be not saying it's going to be Finn, but I think that if we can figure out where the fuck he's going, because he's beaten Joe. He's beaten, like, they're not doing Roman. Um, He's beaten Braun. He's beaten everybody. I, he's not going to be Titus O'Neil. So I'm wondering what they what they have Finn at this top program for and why they're ending the show and giving him a main event there if they're not, you know? Like my whole thing is like if they're going to if they're going to have Finn in this Kane feud with Braun, what exactly the fuck are they going to be doing with him? Like I just said, is is Braun going to beat Kane and then Finn going to turn heel or is Finn just going to be there just to to get beat up by Kane or eventually get his win back on a on a nothing show? I have no clue. It's weird, but Who knows, man? Kane is yeah, definitely yeah, man. Kane is definitely bringing the show down and i think he's a large part of the reason why i'm not feeling raw right now as much as i'm feeling smackdown live uh mm. with, with i think you're a bit well, two two things i want to talk about on raw before we go um before we completely get off raw go ahead um the series of cruiserweight matches i think it's a good idea even though i think the, the fatal four-way match was kind of not a lot of people were into it but you know i think it's a good idea in terms of drawing attention once we get to the finals of this thing, and then so you know, and and, and, to, and for anyone not clear who haven't seen it, they Kurt Angle I guess finally realized or, or remembered that two hundred five live is is a part of his show, and told the cruiserweights that they'll have two four away matches that there are qualifying matches. Um, the first one was with uh, it was with Cedric. No, no, no. It was with Rishwan, um, Noam Dar, uh, Akira Tozawa. Who was the last guy? Who's the guy who got pinned? Um, and it wasn't me. Uh, Ari Davari. Ari Davari. They had a they had a four match. Uh, Rich Swan won. They'll have the they'll have one next week with uh with Gulak, um Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, and it's always the last person that escapes me. It's on my finger. I can't. I can't, I can't remember. We, we, the, one of the geeks. One of the geeks. Yeah. I, we I discovered in the chat that TJP has gone missing. Yeah, um, he's he's gone. So we we're 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 on are we on TJP watch or is he like you think he's gone from the company? Um, I think that uh, I th- I think that TJP might either be on hiatus or he may be gone from the company. Here's the thing: there was a rumor that a lot of people on two five weren't coming back from that UK tour, or or if they didn't go to the tour, that they weren't going to be on the show anymore. And TJP was one of those guys that was not on the show in in UK. So, yeah, that was one of the rumors. And TJP was one of those guys. Grand Metalik was... A, I don't think he was on the UK shows either. Dang. But he was on main event. Grand Metalik. But he was, on, he was on main event, so he's safe. But TJP hasn't been back. And the thing is, you've got... A, and, and I'm going to get to this point, too. You've got Hideo Itami coming. So, you've got to... And, and Rockstar Spud. So, you have to clear out people to make room for people. 
And I think Spud, sure. Spud and Enzo is a, is a fucking natural feud between two really great talkers. I don't know if you saw Rockstar Spud in TNA, but he's fucking excellent. I've seen zero Rockstar Spud, but you'll, I'm looking forward to this. You'll, you'll um, like the sec- it. The, the second point I wanted to hit was Woken Hardy. Oh yeah, that happened. Um, <laughs> so Bray, Listen, yeah, Bray, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that happened. This is what um, this is when the, the Hardys originally signed to WWE. This was something that a lot of people were very very excited about the, po- the possibility and the prospect of bringing the Broken Hardys brand to you know the WWE on a much bigger scale on a much wider scale. I don't know if they'll have the same you know creative. You know, control that they had in TNA, but it sense it's like we're going to be showcasing this on TV, and you see that Matt Hardy is now not quite using broken, but using woken um, instead. Um, and we saw him after he lost to Bray Wyatt. He looks like he's you know not dealing with these losses solo, not dealing well with these losses solo with um, Jeff Allen injury. So he started you know doing the delete and. You know, it got a little bit of traction, not full traction. I think the crowd, you know, needs to be get back hip on it. I feel like when the crowd gets it, I feel like when the crowd gets it, they will be over it in a week. Like I, it's I, I don't know if it's going to translate. It translated. Recreating it is not not going to be a good idea. You're essentially recreating something that they did somewhere else, and I don't to capture the same, um, you know, magic. Give him something. I mean, give him something. And I, and I mean, I think a, a few with Bray Wyatt is like Matt. Listen, like it, it'll it'll hurt the new guys going against, against Bray. Matt, it won't hurt at all. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the right. right. That's the right type of ridiculousness that the show they can just be in the old their own little fucking world doing that ridiculous shit and just let everybody else do what the fuck they want to do. I agree, and I think it's gonna be you know, I think it's a good time to do it um, because. When Jeff Hardy eventually gets back, you have that Brian Nero um, sort of come back, and you know it, it's something that could become very, very popular very, very quick. Who knows? But this is the start of something for Matt Hardy. I think people didn't really think it was going to be start of something. I think WWE even forgot that they had that, you know, in the back of their pocket. Well, or something well, this ju- well, it just came out today that Ed Nordholm had a um, the the owner of Anthem who owns Impact Wrestling. He had an interview with Sports Center saying that he is now they're now allowing all of their former talent to take their gimmicks with them when they leave, including the Hardys. So I think it's pretty much a given that this is it's going down. Like this is happening. I think it's a good move for Anthem, just in case people wanna, you know, you wanna Google Broken Matt Hardy because it's happening in the WWE and you get access to a bunch of TNA stuff. Yeah. So it, it, I think it's a good move. I think, um, but from there we can we can head, we can definitely hit the SmackDown. Yeah, well, we'll see next week when when he comes out with the uh, half half gray hair. We'll see. But um, <laughs> SmackDown, great show this week. Really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's probably the the host of the most interesting feud right now, which is the Shane McMahon. Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn saga right now. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and this week tensions grew even more with uh, Shane and Bryan coming out in a respectful way. And I like the way they're doing the face for the face and face dynamic, where Bryan and Shane are having disagreements, but they're handling handling them per, uh, publicly and professionally. So, so, like right now, they are at least. But I, I like the the I like the opening segment where they brought them out. And they were basically, you know, Brian was saying, hey, like, they are really talented. Why would you want to fire them? 
you know, in his own way. And um, and Shane's saying, well, okay, well, we'll have a no DQ uh, match between KO and Randy Orton and, Sh- and Sami Zayn is barred from ringside. Ho, 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 which is a loophole that Sami would use in the actual match to help uh, KO win. And, and Kevin Owens got a huge, huge win in a really great match with Randy Orton. I think one of my favorite Kevin Owens matches in a very long time. Um, against Randy Orton, in, in, in which he, he won the match with uh, Sami Zayn showing up outside of the ring <laughs> to hit Randy with a chair. I think when Randy Orton is uh, motivated, which he seemed like he did, he's able to have these great matches, especially one with Kevin Owens. Um, I guess all those bobs back and forth on Twitter eventually sparked something. <laughs> um uh, but it, it, it was a good match. I like I like the Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan you know dynamic. I'm not sure where it's gonna go. Not um, a match. Part of me thinks there's no match. There's no match. There's 100 percent no match. But at the same time, it kind of makes Shane McMahon look stupid, and uh, it's going to eventually bite him in the ass. And then I don't know what happens from there. I don't know what we're accomplishing by undermining. Um, Shane McMahon's decisions unless Daniel Bryan is turning heel um, which would be odd it would be super odd because if there's a if there's a top faces because he's not a heel yeah yeah if, there, if, if there's a top faces in the company period Shane is in that top five and Bryan are in that top five yeah so it's kind of interesting I, I feel like eventually they're gonna make the decision to just like scrap this thing entirely and just have him work like chummy chummy pal pals again but it's a, it's an interesting it's, it's a lot more of a slow burn than what they do on Raw, which Stephanie McMahon comes out after a three month hiatus, emasculates you, and then you have this sort of back and forth with her husband, which was totally you know evaporated on Raw. Also, also but, like I said, like I said, Triple H did not show up this week. He's not showing up again for a while. Like this yeah. fucking ridiculous, dude. It's so stupid. We still so don't stupid. know. We still don't know what the purpose of Survivor Series was. Two weeks so later. Stupid. Ridiculous. So stupid. Um, another point on, on SmackDown is the tag title scene. Um, and the New Day, to me, perplexingly beat Gable and uh, Gable and Benjamin, who I thought were shoo-ins, to actually go against the Usos for the tag titles. What, what did you think about that? I think they just did. Um, they literally did this like a month ago, where they had um, Gable and Benjamin beat New Day, and then they become number one contenders for the tag titles, and then they had the tag title match, and then they kind of they won by count out but didn't win the tag team titles but I think they didn't necessarily want to telegraph that again so they had New Day win but I still think Gable and Benjamin will be in contention for the titles I think we're possibly even setting up for a three-way champions a three-way match yeah. um, just because I don't think they go back to you know New Day versus Usos again and I don't think they you know want to go back to just Benjamin and Gable again because then it's like what do you do with the New Day so I think we're setting up for a three way match just so everyone um, on the roster can be used at Clash of Champions in more tag team news uh, the Bludgeon Brothers theme song is still awesome and they are also awesome as well uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not, a, I'm not a, I like both of them I think um, Luke Harper's in great shape I think they work as a tag team tandem even though I think we need to 
I don't think they've been given a chance as solo stars either. Besides that stairs match, which was terrible. They've got a um, they've got a they've got a Road Warriors esque vibe about them. Even they're like so ridiculous, but they beat the shit out of guys, and I think that's why I, I know, like them so much. But I feel like they're just two giant guys. They're just like they they don't have the intensity that the Road Warriors have. They don't. That was just a consp- that was just a comparison. That was just a comparison. I was just saying, like for like, there are more right. ro- there are more more role warriors than the Ascension were, where they when they're and they're more right. believable than those guys were. And in which case, like right. when they beat the hype bros in fifty seconds, I'm like, yeah, I, I fuck with that a lot. I lo- I love the- I love their look. You- I love their theme. I love it. How did you feel about? Mojo Raleigh turning on Zack Ryder, and, and that was the, that was the next point that I was getting to in tag team. We 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 lost the tag team on SmackDown uh, this week in the Mo, in the Hype Brothers after they lost to the Bludgeon Brothers. There's too many brothers on the show. That's probably why they, they they cut one. They cut one of the brothers. Um, well, they're the, they're bros. They're not brothers. They're bros. <laughs> Come on, they're bros. Uh, Mojo Rawley, uh he beat the fuck out of Zack Ryder. Um, how do I feel about it? I, I feel like this was about two months too late. They've been they've been foreshadowing this too long. Let me let me ask a question. Why not t- turn Zack Ryder as Mojo Raleigh? Because I feel like they were hinting towards Zack Ryder being the one who's the aggressor. Well, they've been hit, they've been hitting Mojo at Raleigh. both. They've been hitting at both, and I think right now, um, the big project or the not the big project, but the, but the, but their prospect rather is Mojo and not Zack. For Zach to be a heel right now, he'd have to be going over guys. And right now, like realistically, I don't think a heel Zach Ryder is believable in that. And I think I think right now Zach is better as a player coach, like a Kurt Hawkins is, where he could be doing having great matches with guys like Mojo, who he's worked with extensively in the past year. And I think Mojo is someone that I think right now is sink or swim. It's like Big Cass. It's sink or swim. It's like you have to figure out this character, and you and they we have to see what a heel mojo looks like because he can't be the get hype guy anymore. He's going to be the intense guy. Believe it or not, I feel like Mojo Raleigh has a bigger up- upside than Big Cass, and I say 100%. that simply because he has a character and he has it completely under control. Um, there's also mojo no Raleigh, there's also no brawn equivalent to him. Right, 100%. And I think just Mojo Raleigh, for some reason, he's been able to tap into just a character and just be becoming believable through his words. I'm not sure how that translate as a heel because he's I've never actually seen him be a bad guy. He's always been the upbeat guy and just dancing and all these other things. But uh, I'm not sure it will translate as a heel, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think he's a lot more soft-spoken. I think he's a lot more clear with his words. I think um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm interested in this Mojo Raleigh turn. I was kind of perplexed i was like hey why not zach but you, what you said definitely makes sense i'm not i'm not so much i i think it i think going into 2018 we'll see more we there's got to be a face that goes against him and that, that guy might be bobby rude who it looks like like i said is going into a program with baron corbin which i oh my god i do not want to watch um <laughs> but i think i think bobby will be that fit that mid card upper mid card face that um that mojo will be facing pretty soon I think they need to pull a double turn at Clash of Champions with Rude and and, and Corbin and Corbin. I think they work. That match works well when both guys are on the the other opposite of the spectrum. I think uh, Baron Corbin can be someone they cheer um, because he's big, he's explosive, he's cool, he's dark, and I think Bobby Rude is obviously the guy you want to boo. So it kind of 
it, it, it's kind of ruined. You know, I think they should at least try or make an attempt. I don't think it will happen, but I think they should at least make an attempt because the way this is working out now isn't working out. Well, I it's it's tough because I really believe that Bobby's going to have the the actual main title as a heel next year. I think that's the plan, but I think Jinder is getting that U.S. title, so I think you put it on Rude, and then you have him go against Jinder at the top of the year. And we'll get to the we'll get to Jinder in a second. But um, I I also agree that Bobby he, he does he's not doing it for me. He never really did it for me in NXT either. And I think it's it's this is proving even more that like the lights might be a little bit too bright for him. So uh, again, it's sink or swim with Bobby too because he has to make this Baron feud work. And Baron as champion hasn't been great either. Like the U.S. title, oof, has had a horrible year. You gotta yeah. think think about who's held it. Like KO yeah. held it and did nothing for him. AJ held it, did nothing for him. Uh, did, like it's, it's done nothing for anyone this year. And I and I think it's time to. I, why didn't Why didn't Rusev get it back? I just feel like you got. It's logical to have him have that belt, but he doesn't have it. In fact, no Rusev isn't even on the show this week. But uh, the the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot and her team, we got a, got a name. Uh, she got a name change. Period. Her new her new name is Ruby Riot. Ta-ta, with two T's. Double T's, baby. With two T's. That's rock. That's crazy. It's it's metal. Whatever. And I'm I'm really digging. I'm really digging their tandem. Um, outside of the leader, which is obviously Ruby, who got a lot on this show. Um, they had a a a three a another six woman tag where it wasn't like on Raw. They didn't do the exact same thing. Kind of did where they actually beat up. Uh, or no, Natalia. It was Natalia. Um. Naomi and Charlotte versus the Riot Squad of Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan and Liv, and Liv Morgan. Um, Natty walks out. It becomes a two on three. They beat the shit out of Naomi for about five minutes, and that is Liv Morgan and, and Sarah and Sarah uh, Logan. Crazy. I, there, there's not much I can say. It was a brutal beatdown. Did you see the 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 Br- injury list that Naomi had? Cervical strain. <laughs> facial something contusions like, okay. she had facial contusions facial contusions separated shoulder i was like you guys are really this is really overkill like she's she's dead isn't she? <laughs> she's like she's not only that, dead but they they did something to her cervix they were doing some yeah. weird shit to her also <laughs> like literally it's like if uh, the fucking bomb came to your face like that's the injury would happen if something like blew up at you like it's it's a it's a little bit overkill and Naomi just looked like she was asleep but whatever like, <laughs> it, it almost like it, I said earlier it felt hate crimey because it was two yeah. white women it was two white women beating the shit out of a black woman on TV like, I, don't, I don't really know the optics this of that was insane. all wrong like if you were to flip what? the smackdown during that segment you would have been like what the fuck am I watching what are you going what, what's going on here yeah. I, I'll say something about the riot squad um, I like Ruby Wright in this role I like her in this role more than I liked her on NXT. Yeah, um, and people were uh, people were worried because she's never played a heel before. She's ne- oh really? Yeah, never. She's never played a heel before. She she's great. She's a great talker. Yeah, I think she enunciates. I think she's got great pacing with her words. Um, I think she uh, enunciates 
I think she in fact she uses emphasis on words at the right time, and I think it's just an overall just a good promo. Um, and she's got a good look. I think she just doesn't look like every every other diva or not. Sorry. Oh my right. god! Wow, kill me. Wow. She doesn't look wow. like every other. Like, she doesn't like every other woman. Will kill you. How about that? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm dead. I'm, I'm really dead. When you get to dead. Raw next week, she will kill you. How about that? <laughs> but um, she has a great look, and and I feel like she she's a very explosive wrestler. Period. She and she can work a really good style, and I think when you put someone that has always been a face as a heel you kind of put you kind of give them a challenge out the box and i feel like she's she's given you know she's well from what she's been given she's knocked it out the park for me and i've always been a ruby riot fan as, as everyone everyone knows and i feel like just the way that she differentiated everyone she said the firecracker Liv morgan so it's like now you get this kind of explosive girl <laughs> and you're just like she could pop off at any time you know whatever whatever that part and ridiculous. then you have you have i don't know the enforcer arn anderson sarah logan <laughs> like you have her and she's, she's the gritty southern bell she's the gritty southern, right. southern bell the gritty southern bell whatever arn anderson the same thing <laughs> like <laughs> she's the gritty southern bell and you know she doesn't say anything you know she's not gonna say a word because you know her arms are folded and she's looking very stoic and he- He's like, you know what? You don't have to say words. Like, we know you're going to cause trouble. So I, I just like how they did that entirely. I think it was a great segment. And they gave over. and they gave, uh, they gave Ruby the clean pen on the women's champion, Charlotte, to end the match. Which is insane. Which, Which is, is insane. They're giving them, I think they're giving them a lot more than uh, than they're giving the women on Raw. But I, th- I do love that the stories are starting to, to they're starting to branch off in their own direction because I feel like the natural progression here is to have either Ruby go after the title or have Natty and Charlotte finish this up at Clash of the Champions and then move on. Right. I think it's because um, it's sort of the Riot Squad. You have three new girls, whereas in Absolution, the focus is really just on Paige. Yeah. And these two are supporting Paige, where all these three girls, they're new, they're fresh, they're sort of supporting themselves. I mean, Ruby Wright is the leader of the squad, but they're essentially three new acts that they're trying to get over, and, you know, they're trying things out. It may not be Ruby Wright, you know, sometime from now. Liv Morgan may pop off, and she might become the one. Um, Sarah <laughs> Sarah Logan, they might see something in Sarah Logan where she could become the one, but it's something there. There, there's not one focal point on the team. Yeah. So it makes it very, very interesting. And that's what I loved about it. And uh, the, the next point on SmackDown is uh, AJ and Jinder. That that's still going strong. There, they have the match set for Clash of the Champions. We're getting a new. We're getting an actual character storyline for Jinder Mahal. Can you believe it? Can you believe this? The scorned ex-champion. He's going. He's he's unhinged, back. and he's he's unhinged, and and uh, he's getting worse by by the week that he you know because he doesn't have the title. Uh, this week it was AJ in a handicap match that was teased a month ago before they did the title change uh, with the Singh brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was believable. Great how they finish, man. Super good finish. Listen. I feel like the Singh brothers are just like, just give us anything, we'll take it. Like, yeah, just kill us, kill yeah. us, murder and, us. And AJ, right and they got a, they got a lot of heat on AJ, who of course was attacked before the match started by Jinder and the and the other two. Um, but the match goes for about eight minutes, I think. Uh, AJ gets some pretty good, pretty good stuff in, and they do a spot where they have one of the Singh brothers on the ground, or, you know, on the mat, 
uh, by the turnbuckle. The other Singh brother tried to give AJ a, I think it was a Hurricane Rana off of the top rope. He, he, he switches that or reverses it into the Styles Clash and gives the one Singh brother a Styles Clash onto the other one to finish the match. That's a spot, one, that you can only trust AJ Styles with. And then, two, like... Only the Singh brothers would say, like, I'm going to put myself in this much danger yeah. and trust you I enough think, to I put think there's that, only like, I, th- I think there's only one other guy that's done that, and that's Tetsuya Naito in, in New Japan. He did that to Tetsuya Naito, uh, I think, two years ago, and it was crazy uh, then. But there's only I think that's the only other person that's, that he's ever done that on, and that's I think nuts. They're probably wrestling nerds who saw that and would like to experience that. I, I wouldn't <laughs> put that past them. But, uh, just like, oh, I remember that match. But after the match, Jinder completely kills the Singh brothers. And this is like, this is making me a little bit worried about the fact that they may be like going away from the Singh brothers or, or trying to put them away. I think it's good for Jinder as far as the storyline. I think, I think me and you both agree that I think if he loses the, the title, he'll go on the, the unhinged kind of trying to get the title back. He feels wrong type shit. But um, I think this might lead the Clash of Champions to Jinder coming out without the Singh brothers and finally losing without them. I, I, I think the Singh brothers will likely stick around a little bit for longer, but not I too hope much so. longer. I, I hope they stick I think, around. Well, I think they're going to stick around as, you know, figures on SmackDown. Maybe they be using the tag division or something, but I don't think they stick with Jinder for too long. Clash of Champions may end up being the swan song where they realize they've had enough and maybe they walk out. They or walk something. out, yeah. I, I like that um, idea. But it's a. It, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I really like what they're doing with um, Jinder Mahal right now, which is something that we haven't said in like eight months. I don't, dude, um, I cannot believe. I was like, wow, I'm really enjoying this character. Don't give him the belt back. Just don't give him the belt back. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You've established him that he was an ex-champion. Now he has the sort of hunger and the drive of an ex-champion and he wants it back. It, 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 it takes out the complacency of it all and it really gives him a fire and intensity and the intensity he really should have had as champion. Yeah. And maybe he should have channeled it into a different way as champion in terms of perspective, but it really gives him the intensity and the power and, and, and everything move. It makes the class, he, the class he, you know, laid out the same brothers with almost oh killed God. them, almost killed them, <laughs> just almost murdered them. Like it's, a, it's insane. Like this is a new side of Jinder Mahal. And I think this is the side gender we wanted to see he's a strong guy he's a big guy you know he's a he's a he can be a monster if he really wants to and now we're gonna see it i think in the next year he may redeem himself and we may just say like do we want gender mahal as champion again i don't know if we'd be quick to say it but we might not be we might not you know rule it out as quickly i i think he'll he'll stay at the upper mid i think if the if elimination chamber rolls around i think he'll be in that match but I, I still think this we're getting the Cena match with him. I still think there's a way that that can happen. Um, realistically, yes. I still think we're going to get that Cena match. I, I still don't think because again, a lot of people are like he's going to win it back at Clash, and I'm just like I, he could. But he'll win it. He'll lose it right back at Rumble because I don't see other than AJ. AJ's got his number, and I think that's a good story. I think it's a good story to tell, and when he when he loses it, it's a good story to go back to. You know. But uh, 100%. one more thing about SmackDown. I feel like this show is getting overstuffed. There were a couple of people, a, a few, a lot of talents that were missing from SmackDown this week. Um, with the three new women moving in, Carmella was not on the show this week. Um, of course, Becky was gone. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, not on the show this week. And Rusev and Aiden English, not on the show this week. 
I think Ty Dillinger. Know, Ty, Ty Dillinger's been missing for a while. So like, I think just there's nothing for Ty Dillinger <laughs> right now. I'm not gonna put him on any sort of priority list. Um, I think you know you, you have give and take. We had fashion fouls this week. We don't get fashion fouls every week. You had to take away from something. Um, I don't know where they were sort of going because they had this Rusev Aiden English versus New Day thing going on, and then it looks like they kind of scrapped that. Um, to go in a different direction, um, Shinsuke Nakamura—they just there's just nothing going on right now. I don't know. I would give him. I would if, if we talked about this, but may potentially like Sami Zayn um, at the pay per view or something along those lines. There's something. There's a few more weeks to build something. But you there's know, two. There's two after this week. Two weeks. They they can one hundred percent do that. So maybe it's a Sami Zayn or a Kevin Owens. I feel with with Nakamura, they're gonna they're gonna try and get him going pretty soon for for Rumble and Mania season. Um, I think of and, and I think I told you this earlier today. I, I think that they feed they feed Nakamura or they feed Sammy or KO to Nakamura at the pay per view just to get it just to get him hot again just to give him a good win. Because um, I feel like that's what they use Nakamura for. They use them. To, they they right. feed guys to him on SmackDown, and then he beats them, and then whatever. But um, just a that's a glaring omission. I mean, I I just have no clue what they're doing with Nakamura right now. I I still think it's possible to do this AJ match at WrestleMania. I don't think they need the belt for it. I think they could do that match whenever they want to. They're clearly they're clearly holding it off for a reason. I'll just say that they're holding it off for a reason. Right. But um, I also think it's because that that Shane McMahon. Daniel Bryan, KO, Sami Zayn thing just takes up a large chunk of SmackDown as well. It's only a two-hour show. They yeah. had a match. They had a program. They had a backstage segment. They have a lot of things going on. They need to be able to tell the story very, you know. But what about? But what about Carmella? Carmella, I think. I think there's probably just nothing going on for Carmella. There's only a few girls that they have nothing for Tamina going on right now. Nothing for Lana. Um, oh wow, I forgot, I forgot about she, them too. They they would have nothing for Natalia either, but you know she has to get a rematch for her belt. But you know, I think with Carmella, you know you can keep her out of the eye a little bit. You have Liv Morgan on on SmackDown, and there eventually has to be that acknowledgement that they're <laughs> very similar. Well, I um, think the spy, I think the firecracker thing, and this week was done. To give Liv a, um, to give her a distinct difference between her and Carmella, as far as her being the firecracker, Carmella's like the loudmouth, uh, cocky uh, wrestler. And but the thing is, where do you, you know, if Carmella realistically cashes in the Money in the Bank and beats Charlotte, she's going to be facing a lot of heels coming out of that and becky's gone for the foreseeable future who, who knows when i i i that women's division is kind of weird because again i don't see charlotte holding that belt to mania i see charlotte with a with a much bigger opponent at mania i'll just say that much i'm, I'm just not sure i'm not sure where the, where that belt's going right now only time will tell it looks, for, it looks, you know, things are moving on WWE television. Yeah. They're not moving quickly on all, you know, on all avenues, but they're moving and they're heading towards something. And Royal Rumble is the next big stop. You know, Clash of Champions seems like a pit stop, but Royal Rumble is the next big stop. And, you know, we'll be excited for that. There's also Raw 25th anniversary. Holy shit. Still not sure if I'm going to that. Um, you should. Tickets, tickets look insane. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> resale, resale on tickets for these things are not good. I might just go to the house show. But um, it's 
the you know we've got a lot of things coming up and there's a lot of things that they're building towards but you, um, you know what is coming up uh the year-end list and so oh yeah are, are you down to do this next week you want to do the year-end list next week or what next week it's december we can't wait till end of classroom champions what do you well, hold on? Get a really good match. Realistically, you always, you always do you think, say that. You think we're AJ? Get on Raw, we get this really <laughs> this barn burner between Roman Reigns and Elias, and like. Do you think it, that AJ Gender is going for the going for five stars at Clash of I'm Champions? I'm not even saying AJ Gender. I'm saying there's potentially what Raw is doing right now. They're usually having one great match or show. Um, SmackDown has the potential to do that as well as they're heading towards the end of the year. End of the year shows, especially the last show. They like to sort of stack up a little bit. I want to say, especially considering I have not watched everything, I would say let's let's, let's give it another week. Christmas Day. If, sure. Yes. That, okay, you got two. You got three weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Get your year in list. We will be doing a year in show. I think it, we'll put it out. We'll put it out on. We'll put it out the week of Christmas, and we we just won't do a show for the rest of that week. And then let's make it be, let's make it a two parter. Let's make it a two parter. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, I'm we, done with that. That's the, we're, we're, this is what we call planning on the fly during the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. We'll I'm do down it. With we'll, that. we'll do and we'll do a, we'll do several categories, and then we'll have match of the year be our last category for that, and we can argue like me and you have never argued before. Sure. Let's do it. All right, there it goes. Do you have a match of the week, sir? This week? Yes. No. Um, do you have a match of this week? It's obviously Roman versus Elias. Oh Lord. It's really, really good. It's really good. Oh, I'll, I'll give it to I'll give it Elias. Um if you like Roman Reigns, it's really good. Uh I think I've been watching a lot of old I've been listening to Bruce Pritchard's uh and and Con, uh Conrad Thompson's Something to Wrestle Bret Hart uh episode. It's a huge a whammy, it's a four hour episode. Whammy of an episode. Listen to that. Um, I've been studying a lot of Bret Hart stuff. I've been watching a lot of Bret Hart matches just to kind of give my give a give a visual to the stories that they've been telling. If anyone needs to listen to anything this month, you need to listen to that. Um, and you know how we said the the Way and John podcast was the other podcast you the only one you need to listen to. That's the one you need to listen to after that one and after ours. But um. I would say watch Survivor Series. Uh, watch the Survivor Series match with with Bret and Sean. From 96. 97. 97, I'm sorry. 97. Watch the one from 97. 97. Watch that match again. It's fucking, oh. inc- it's incredible. I'm sorry. I know we, I know people are tired of the Montreal Screwjob. That match ends so early. <laughs> <laughs> that match ends so early. I've, I've, I've seen that match a lot of times. It even surprises me when it ends. Like even I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So yeah, definitely watch that match uh, this week. That's one of my favorites. And then watch some some three star Elias match where Mills apparently thinks that he's the next Kenny Omega. No, um, I mean, all right. If you, I mean, if you, I don't have another match prepared. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to do what I did last week where I was just thinking of a match on the fly. I don't have another match prepared. Um, <laughs> it would be poor. It would be poor taste. I really do like going back to this match, but it's be really really poor taste. I really do like. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Chris Benoit on SmackDown 2001. Chris Benoit? Um, 100%, yes. Um, <laughs> where there was like 10 German suplexes. I know it's in bad taste, but I, just someone who really just loves wrestling. I love watching that match. All right. Um, 
And uh, that's another show. Sixth episode of the A Show. Thank you, Mills, again. Thank you, viewers and listeners and whatever, you know, whatever you want to call yourselves. We need to give our fans a name. A fans. A plus players. B plus players. <laughs> that's an excellent one. But uh, we're, we're uh, moving into the final stretch of 2017, and I'm pretty sure these shows are going to ramp up. So uh, if you if you guys want to talk about anything, argue about anything, hit us up on Twitter at OGJohnny5 and at MealsTV. That is M-E-E-L-Z-T-V. Thank you guys for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. We're out. All right. Peace.